Kia ora everyone, welcome back to the Side Hit Podcast. I'm your host, Fat Tony, and today with us we have Jamie Anderson. Welcome, Jamie. Thanks, Tony. Hi, guys. Rad to have you on board today. I'm stoked. So and nice to be back in New Zealand and happy to share some of my snowboard history with you well, guys. Welcome back. It's been a couple of years. So thankful to be back. A new sense of appreciation for this beautiful place. Yeah, yeah. And we trip out to the West Coast yesterday. Yeah, we tripped to the West Coast. Um, it's been a couple weather days, so we wanted to just venture around. So beautiful. Cool. And what was uh, what brought you back out to New Zealand uh, this time around? Um, when I saw the borders were opening earlier in our summer, I thought I wanted to just come for a little soul shred trip. Um, hopefully get out. In the heli, if the snow lined up, I know you guys were having a really insane winter. Uh, ride a little bit of park, and yeah, see a lot of my Kiwi friends. Oh, sweet. Cool. Well, we'll fire this one up. Uh, Jamie, where are you from, and how'd you get to snowboarding? I'm from South Lake Tahoe, California, and I got into snowboarding through my family. My two older sisters uh, had started before me, and I'm from a really big family, so getting into snowboarding wasn't really financially available but through some hand-me-downs I started uh, actually behind a snowmobile in our backyard <laughs> before I had like a season pass to my home mountain Sierra so were your, and, your older siblings just towing you around with a snowmobile yeah <laughs> it's so sad my legs were burning and it was really hard <laughs> I was like god and my boots were like probably two sizes too big <laughs> but that's like my first memory of snowboarding probably at like eight years old And then the following year at nine, I got a season pass and started snowboarding at Sierra at Tahoe. Sweet. And was that through a school or something? Did they have like a get on the mountain program? So we were homeschooled. I'm one of eight. So we got quite a crew. And my parents um, always loved sports, but having such a big family, we couldn't do like every sport we wanted to. So we got to pick when we were like nine, ten years old. And I... Did volleyball for a bit when I was younger and then absolutely loved snowboarding and wanted that to be like my main sport. So yeah, through our homeschool, they kind of helped pay for different um, like art class and gymnastics and then eventually snowboarding. Oh, sweet. And so what was the first day on the mountain like for you? I remember my first day, I was really intimidated and I went to this like little kid lesson called... um, what was it called Tahoe Mountain or Sierra Mountain School or something and it was really hard I remember getting on the magic carpet and barely being able to stand on the snowboard but after a couple hours I I felt it click and kind of like was able to do my toe turns and heel turns and then uh, maybe the next day I took the chairlift to the top of the mountain and felt like just it opened up this whole new world of sweet. Were you yeah. on like rental boards and stuff like that? Oh, so ghetto, like an old, old rental with like click-in bindings, yeah. but not with a heel back. You know, just yeah. like the flat click. Uh, what, the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, this was like nineteen ninety nine or I guess yeah. two thousand. Then like that was my dream mm. bindings. I just wanted those. I was like, these are the coolest. Like because eventually I got my sister's hand me downs, which was like an airwalk board boots and bindings and I remember like I'd always go to the local snowboard shop vertical drop and just like try on the click-in bindings and like just want those so bad (laughs) 
And was there a moment where um, snowboarding clicked and he's like, yeah, this is my thing? Like, uh, so the first couple years, I was just such a little grom. And because we did homeschool, I got to spend tons of time on the mountain. I was there pretty much every day. And at 13, I think, is when it really clicked for me. And that's when I knew I like wanted to do this as a profession not like as a profession but i knew i wanted to be a pro snowboarder i really looked up to like tara dakitas and barrett christie and i was like they're so badass like i just want to travel party and snowboard and that year i kind of got into a last minute qualifier for x games which was a border cross event and growing up i rode like everything we did border cross pipe slope even uh alpine (laughs) yeah well that's that time though eh? like everyone because like say the nationals that happened about that time down here like all my favorite like half pipe riders would also ride the slalom course totally just did everything yeah you just kind of you know our coach was very much about being an overall strong snowboarder and Mm. even if i really liked park or pipe he thought riding like learning how to turn your board was really important and border mm. cross was really good to learn how to like maximize your speed and whatever, like so free ollie and all those things. 13 and that was your, so you were 13 and you had your first X Games. Yeah. So later that year wow. I had qualified and my older sister, Joni, um, qualified for X Games too at a different event. So we got to go compete together. She's four years older than me. But yeah, the whole family, like we road tripped out to Aspen. We probably had a crew of 10 of us in like a two bedroom condo. And I was just so in awe to be there and see all the pros. And Yeah. Wow. That's gnarly being like 13 going to the X Games. I guess kids do that all the time now. but Now they do. Just... At the time, I think I was the youngest athlete um, yeah. before like Chloe Kim and some yeah, other young Yeah, because was there bucks. even the kids division in the x games no and for me it was a bit controversial because espn was worried that i was like too young especially in border cross competing with like full-size women i I Mm. remember i like barely weighed 100 pounds and they thought it was like dangerous but Mm. um it was don bostic and he's like okay we're gonna let it run so i did border cross for two years because who was would there be any names that we know that you were competing against in the water cross? Lindsay Jacobellis was oh, yeah. there. Uh, my sister Joni Anderson. Um, gosh, uh, Sean Palmer. He was oh, like yeah. <laughs> the South Lake mentor. I remember he yeah. gave me my first like full face helmet, um, a Troy Lee design, and he was kind of like the badass of South Lake Tahoe. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I remember I totally like snuck over to the park one year and I, I loved park that was always like my passion mm. and I went over there and I remember seeing like Travis Rice and just some icons of the sport mm. and I dropped in and I tried to hit a jump and whoo I came up like probably halfway short and was so humbled I was like oh my gosh <laughs> oh, jam like probably 14 years old and definitely like <laughs> took a step back but that following year, when I was 15, I got invited for slope style through the Nationals. Right. I did open class, and they said maybe if you win open class, they would 
invite you and I got invited that year. What resort were you riding in Tahoe back in this time? Uh, my home mountain is Sierra at Tahoe. Right, so because there was quite a um, was there quite a park riding scene in Tahoe at the time? Was like the grenade guys were running around there? At, yeah, was Tahoe same? was gosh, Tahoe was awesome. Sierra mm. had a great park. They had a really good super pipe and just like the whole mountain was a really fun mountain to free ride. We got quite a bit of POW back in the day, so I started riding POW really young. And, yeah, the scene was just really fun in Tahoe. There's, like, mm. a good influence of park riders, and I think Sierra had the best park around the whole basin with just a lot of really big jumps and, yeah, just progressive features. Mm. So sort of to take it back a bit, was your first time in the park that Aspen moment, or were you actually riding park before you went I was always riding park. Okay, park cool. was like my main jam. And then border cross was kind of just like um, an access point to like get me to the X Games. Right. Because was there much, there wasn't much in the way of park in the X Games at the time? Was that more border cross and pipe? Um, I would or? say like border cross, pipe and slope were equal. They okay. kind of had all those events like right lined up at the bottom. But it was definitely the biggest park I ever rode mm. or attempted to hit. Yeah. That was crazy. But that's yeah. pretty pretty cool. Like, I guess, learning in border cross, you're going to get some f- good fundamentals pretty quick. For um, sure. I think border cross really helps your um, overall snowboarding and just mm. learning how to, like, maximize the terrain you're on to get as much speed as possible mm. and just, like, board control. Yeah, so that would work well with free riding and that sort of thing now. Yeah, um, I think so for sure. Cool. Um, we sort of mentioned too before, but was there some influences you're looking at um, pros or friends back when you were younger for inspiration? I remember like meeting Tara Dakitas when I was really young and she was winning the X Games at that time and she had like tattoos and her nose pierced and I just thought she was the most badass yeah. and I was really inspired by her and also, like, the Grenade crew, as I got a little bit older, probably closer to, like, 15, 16, I got sponsored by Grenade and spent oh, a lot right. of my time down in Mammoth, so I'd Sick. try to tag along with, like, Danny Cass and Dingo and that whole, like, pretty motley crew. That's a crew. heavy crew to be tagging along with, right? <laughs> oh, it was crazy. I kind of feel bad for my mother. She's like... I don't know about snowboarding and so like <laughs> it was pretty punk rock and gnarly mm. back then and she had like her young daughters like these three blonde girls that were just like pretty like pretty precious and innocent mm. and all of a sudden we're in this like kind of hardcore sport yeah but you know I don't think she really ever saw where snowboarding would take us but she's always been a really spiritual woman and just said that she always trust the process and knew Mm. that snowboarding was really good for me Mm. i was super adhd and like needed activity to like keep myself focused and um outside exercising so she you know like when i was young or got in trouble like snowboarding is what she would take away and when i was about 15 she kind of just gave me a lot of freedom and that's when i moved down to Mammoth and like hung out with even riders like uh, Danny Davis and Jack Matrani, Luke Matrani. They all lived down there at the time. Elena Height and 
I only moved there for like the spring, but still right. like a month or two so months on my a, own. That's a heavy list of names to it be rolling with a 15, right? We were all pretty young, but the Matronis had a house and I rented a house with one of my old girlfriends and it was probably the most fun mm. of my life. Like right. high school, just mammoth, and, sneaking and so like, into bars, being <laughs> fucking crazy. So how were the grenade guys to roll with? Were they actually kind of cool or were they kind of gnarly dudes or they were awesome they looked gnarly but they're all like really nice cool guys Mm. like sketchy d dingo i'm surprised they let me hang around it wasn't like i was traveling with them and staying with them i just loved grenade and wanted to like be a part of their videos and did that happen did you end up in I think so. I can barely, like, remember my history of it, but I think they were filming pieces, and I shot some stuff for, like, the catalogs back then. So was Grenade your first sponsor then? Yeah, I would say they were. They were like, I mean, they weren't really a paying sponsor, but back then I was just wanting to get any product I could. Mm. Um, My sisters and I also got, like, some flow product from... 686 was one of my first sponsors and then eventually even Solomon and Billabong and then it kind of turned into GNU I've been working with for a long time and uh, Oakley but yeah crazy well that's an awesome first sponsor I mean Grenade was I was always hanging out to try and get Grenade gloves man I can't believe they're gone I'm always mm. telling Danny I'm like bring Grenade back yeah and the Grenade games were super fun and (laughs) It was, and, yeah, full it was metal a good edges. time. Um, well, when I lived with um, Ryan McDermott, actually, like that's what was in the video player or DVD, one of the two. Grenade games. Um, was uh, Full Metal Edges. Oh, Where sick. I just like, lived and died by that. Yeah, man. Oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah, the, the, the soundtrack was always playing in the car. And it must have been pretty awesome. cool to be around. Um, you sort of mentioned someone before I was co- sort of keen to bring up was Elena Hyatt. Elena Height. you actually go back a wee way with her. Yeah, I met Elena even before I started snowboarding. Um, she was in between my sister Stacy and I's age, so we both competed against her when we were groms. And she always kicked my ass and oh, yeah? pissed me off. <laughs> She's so insanely talented. And uh, she started snowboarding, I think, really young. She was kind of like super sporty we grew up in different parts of tahoe but she did everything like soccer um gymnastics dance snowboarding like she did it all and i remember being a little intimidated by her because one year i'd be like winning the local events and then when i competed against her she'd win so it was kind of this like back and forth thing of like going from winning to second place and um, and was there still border cross and that sort of thing? Or? Yeah, we competed. I think all of us competed in everything. So you'd right. like compete for the overall title and whatnot. But when we were about 15, she was 16. That's when I started doing slope style primarily. And that's when I started like, um, I got a bronze medal at X Games that year. And she was kind of going into pipe. And that's when we more like connected and became friends because we mm. weren't as much of uh, rivals. Yeah, right. And, and kind of both had good like mutual respect for each other. Mm. And, and yeah, long term friendship with E. We've uh, gotten to do a few backcountry trips together. 
and one recently in Alaska. Yeah, this spring we got to go to Alaska together. And How'd that go? Oh, gosh, it was just so beautiful. Alaska mm. is such a special place. And was it a film trip or something? Or? Uh, yeah, it was a film trip. We're working on different projects, but we got to team up together and like do some stuff for GoPro, which we both ride for. And oh, yeah, we're going to release some stuff later this year, which I'm excited right. to share. Whereabouts in Alaska were you? We were in Valdez. Oh, man, that place. The, oh. the, the drive into there is insane, eh? So beautiful. Like, yeah, so beautiful. You can sort of see why they have avalanche problems on that road. <laughs> Do not enter zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's sort of take it back a little bit. What was your first competition as a professional rider? My first, well, I mean, X Games, I was kind of like Ampro in those border cross days, but I would say the first event, um, well, I guess that is a professional event, but I would say slope style at 15. That's mm. when I won my first medal, a bronze medal, and got a little bit of attention. And that's when I like signed my first contract with like some paying partners. And that that's pretty much when my career like started off. Sweet. Later that year, I won the U.S. Open, or maybe maybe not won. I think I got maybe third place again. Um, I mean, that's a pretty... Um big achievement though it was big no it was huge it was my first time competing at the u.s open i had to do like the lottery when i competed in like four different events to make it to finals it was like pre-qualifiers qualies semis and then final who else was on the podium that time i think Jana mayan and hannah beeman wow yeah, oh, back in the day. <laughs> so was there one of those moments you're pinching yourself on who you're standing beside? Me? Uh, I can't believe this is happening. I was tripping. I'd always like keep the result sheet and just like be so proud, even when I was just getting top 10 mm. um, before that. And I was so proud to be like just competing with all those names, Yeah, all the girls I'd looked up to and was admiring. Because was you might actually we've been asking this a few times i don't know was jana mayan the first girl to do a nine i think so yeah because it was about this time i think right? it was i think it was like a couple years later and she was the first one to do a cab nine maybe at a do tour yeah. like do tour at breckenridge because i remember hearing about that way back in the day being like oh that's so sick she yeah. was unbelievable yeah speaking of badasses she was also super intimidating Snowboarding was a lot more punk rock back in the day. Mm. She would, like, go compete, land a sick run, not even go back up for her second run, and, like, go to the bar and start drinking. (laughs) And I'm, like, this little teenager, like, hey, Jana, like, how's it going? And she was just kind of, like, I wouldn't say mean, just, like, a really, like, strong woman and like mm. held her ground it was yeah. pretty Wonder insane was, do you are you in contact with her these days no i'm not we were not very close you know oh, right. i think i met her when i was 15 and first came oh. onto the scene and she was probably in her late 20s at that yes, time that's a huge age difference shout out to Jana mayan while we're on the subject of competition first time a lot of us heard about your name was here in new zealand at snow park and I think it might have been when you won or placed on the Burton Open down here. Yeah, gosh, New Zealand was like a dream location for me when I was a kid. And I got to come here when I was, I think, just 16. Uh, I rode for Billabong at the time, and I think they did a photo shoot here. 
and I came for the New Zealand Open and got to ride Snow Park and hang out in Wanaka and I was just in awe of this place. So I want to ask you this because I ask everyone when we bring Snow Park up, I ask everyone the same question. When you drove around that last corner and parked up in the car park at Snow Park, what was your first impression of what you seen? I was like, this is the sickest mountain ever. Like just a full park mountain. And I remember I went to the ticket counter to buy a ticket and it was Possum Tour working and she just gave me a ticket. She's like, here you go, mate. Like, you can have a free ticket. I was like, really? I was like, sweet. Like, thanks. And we became friends and have been friends for a really long time. But mm. yeah, Snow Park just really embodied the freestyle culture. And I loved that place. Mm. Did, is there some um, memories that stick out with that sort of time? Or what? Well, actually, what was your first impression of New Zealand? Like being 16, Um, was this your first trip away from America on your own? I think so, yeah. My first impression was, one, like I had so much gratitude, like coming from a big family and like never, never traveling as a kid. Like we did like some road trips and camping and such, but I knew my dream was to like travel the world and snowboard and just at... I think actually the year before I got to go to Japan for the Japan Open and then I got invited to come to New Zealand and my first impression was landing in Queenstown at 9am getting picked up by the Billabong crew and they took me to Remarkables for a pow day and as soon as we got to the top of the chair we like hiked to like a little peak and shredded down and I couldn't believe how beautiful this place Mm. was. It's pretty surreal. Yeah, that's pretty cool that your parents were willing to let you at sixteen. Yeah, I think like I think my mom and my dad. Like my dad worked really hard. He was a firefighter. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and ran like a lawn care business that we all helped in the off season. Or like my sisters and I. Mm -hmm. I think when I won my first event in Tahoe, it was like the Vans Triple Crown. At 15, it was $17,000, and I think when that happened, my mom was like, holy smokes, like, uh, I think I'm going to let you (laughs) do this, you know, because she was, like, paying for everything, and, like, snowboarding's not a cheap sport. Even Mm. if my parents didn't have the money, they always, like, paid for us to compete, and, like, we'd try to work it off in the summer and, like, work Mm. for her and just do a lot of stuff around the house and within our community, but... I think around that age when I started to make some real money, she, you know, she like really respected and honored what I was doing and kind of gave me that freedom. And she Mm. wasn't able to travel with me. So that part was probably looking back at it. Like, I can't believe how young I was traveling the world, but I think I always had good people looking out for me and good sponsors and yeah, yeah, such a trip. Cool. And was this um, a regular thing coming back to Snow Park every year? Or Yeah, so after that first trip, I gosh, I've been here many times. I'm not sure. I've missed a couple seasons. But yeah, I absolutely loved coming to New Zealand. I think one of the next couple years, I and probably one of my most memorable events from New Zealand was winning the... Uh, New Zealand Open for half pipe and slope style in the same weekend. And I like, I always loved pipe, but I, I loved slope style more, but I kind of competed in both. 
And that year, um, it was, yeah, at Snow Park, and I was chilling in the lodge, like, having a coffee with Cheryl Moss. Not sure if I wanted to compete or not, because the weather was kind of shit. And I decided to go, like, do my run, and I was kind of just, I don't know, in a really good flow state, and dropped in, and did a really good run, and somehow ended up in first place, even above, like, Kelly Clark, who was competing, and, like leading the pack at that time. I was going to say, there was some heavy names in pipe. And I was kind of like, holy shit, like, what is going on? And I ended up staying in first the whole event. And um, it was, like, a year that they were giving away these really beautiful jade necklaces, like a hand-carved snowflake was, like, the first place prize for pipe. And it was, like, a infinite wave for slope style. And... I saw it when I registered, and I was like, wow, those are, like, the most beautiful necklaces. And I ended up winning both of them, and they're, like, some of my most prized um, awards oh, I have. that's so cool. And so the quarter was the... It was, like, a snowflake, like, pretty big, like, yeah. the size of a, a good-sized snowball. And the one for half pipe was triple the size as the one for slope. So, like... Kind of subconsciously, I really wanted that one more, but I've never won a pipe event. I like barely competed in pipe. That's, so that that's was pretty gnarly to not pretty special. Kelly Clark off my but claim to fame after that. The U.S. team, which never supported me as a Grom, um, at that point they're like, "Wow, you're really good at pipe," and we're going to put you on the rookie team. I was like, okay, but the rookie team was like no financial support, no real benefits. And after being on the team for less than a year, I never wanted to ride pipe. I was always in the park and Mm. they called me and kicked me off the team. And I was kind of like, all right, like screw the team. Like that's not cool. I was, you know, 16, 17, starting to get some sponsor money, but like could have really used the support of the U S team and so and did they just kick you off because was Slopestyle not a part of the curriculum back then? Yeah, Slopestyle wasn't an Olympic event, and yeah. I didn't really care too much about pipe. I yeah. always wanted to ride park, so after I like missed a couple training sessions and whatnot, they're like, I don't think this is for you. I was like, I don't think it's for me either. (laughs) (laughs) But sure enough, like a few years later, when they added slope style to the Olympics, I was first on their list. And I was pretty like, I was pretty pissed off at the team and the fundamentals. So when they asked me to join the team, the Olympic snowboard team, I said no. And I went to Sochi, um, like independently, I represented the U.S., but I signed only a two-week contract because right. I felt like they weren't really wholesome. And my sister was, you know, like top three in the world for border cross, and they kind of did the same BS with her. They never really supported her financially. They had her on. They called they called it like the B team, so which how, is no support. How long a time frame are we talking from when they? canned you from the rookie program to Sochi? I think about four years. Because when I was on, it was very recent. When I was on the rookie team, I did try to qualify for um, half pipe in Vancouver. It was probably Mm. like 2000, it was probably 2008 that I won the event, Mm. the New Zealand Open. And then in 2009, I was like kicked off the team but still tried to do the qualifiers. I didn't make it. I knew like my heart wasn't there. 
And then, yeah, by like 2012, maybe, they added Slopestyle. Then they're all up on my case. They're like, we really want to support you. And I was just like, where was the support a long time ago? Yeah, now, right. fast forward, like they have been good to me. I joined the team when I was 26, um, mostly for the benefit of like health insurance because mm. it expired with my dad. But I was just never very stoked on like national teams. I felt like mm. national teams kind of separate the global community of snowboarding. Seems and like a bit of an antithesis to why we snowboard to start with. Totally. You know? And I've seen the Olympics kind of disturb the peace of like the snowboard community. And mm. even though I've been a part Thanks. of it and I feel fortunate to have had the opportunity to compete on such a world stage in some ways That's, i feel like it's really separated and divided a lot of snowboarders and that part i really don't support and don't mm. back that's cool that you dictated your own terms on sochi we're going to went to sochi on your own terms they Was were that? pissed they're yeah. like why aren't you everyone's like why isn't jamie named to the national team and i honestly have not really spoken too much about this because um you know, the truth is the truth, but they, you know, they have supported me now the last five years that I've been on the team, but like, you know, they could have been really supportive to me and my sister when we were young and mm. broke. And like, yeah. I would have had a lot more respect for the whole mm. shabam if they were better, yeah. but you know, everyone's doing the best they can and corporations, as we know, suck. The IOC sucks, mm. FIS, all this shit, but Everyone's kind of got to play their own cards and dictate yeah. their own. Well, we sport. sort of brought it up, so sort of we'll talk about it a little bit if that's okay. It's like your associate experience, because mm -hmm. that would have been a pretty big deal to come away with a gold medal from the Olympics. Oh, it was insane! It was you know at the time that I was like ranked number one, and kind of had like all the pressure in the world to win, mm. and I kind of lost it. Like I remember like trying not to even use the word stressed but I like had like almost like balded on a part of my head because I had so much subconscious stress I got alopecia like a holy shit. disorder of like losing your hair and that's when I realized like holy shit this is like really really stressful and I was trying to like be positive and kind of keep my head up but I was really really stressed going into that event and I fell on my first run of finals and I was in like, you know, last place with one shot left and I knew I could win, but like, you never know if you can actually land. And I remember right before I dropped, I kind of just sent a prayer out to the universe. I'm not like necessarily religious, but I've always been spiritual and just kind of sent a little prayer out to like help me do this for like everyone who's supported me over all the years and I felt this like relief of pressure and I remember dropping in and it was just like complete flow state like everything just clicked nice. and I landed a really good run and just like dropped down to my knees and gratitude almost could have cried and my whole family was there which was really really special because they've always supported me since day one and yeah I won gold and I was. I still am so grateful for that Unreal. experience and moment. I remember watching that run on TV and just like, wow, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, was stoked. 
sorry that you had to go through all that stress, though, man. It's okay. It's like pressure is a privilege, but damn, sometimes it's hard to handle it. Mm. And so coming back with the gold, like before you were a gold medal Olympian, you were huge in snowboarding. How did that change being, uh, I guess, a household name outside of snowboarding? Oh, gosh. I feel like especially as an American, like, going to the Olympics. There's so many, like, genuine Olympic fans that I think after that experience, I got a lot of love and appreciation from, like, not just the snowboard community, but just the sports community around the world and especially within America. And I would say, like, definitely, like, fan base grew and certain opportunities grew and... I was really, really grateful. Like, I remember receiving, like, a ton of love and just people were... I think they could see the genuine, like, happiness and, like, mm. getting through that tough time. Not, like, tough, but just stressful. Mm. Everyone probably bet on me winning, but so nothing's it? guaranteed. Like, you yeah. never know if you're going to land or kind of have an off day. I remember dealing with an injury at the time, too, which, like, made it extra scary and yeah i think just like getting out of your ego and getting out of your head at least for me has helped me um be a better version of myself and like be a better snowboarder so was it one of those moments where you couldn't walk down the street without being recognized or no i wouldn't say i got like that famous maybe in like mountain towns people would recognize me and be stoked But the thing about the Olympics is, like, it's the hype of, like, the world for, like, two weeks or maybe a month, and then everyone forgets. (laughs) You know, like, you could almost ask, like, who got second and third place at the Olympics in China, and, like, Mm. a lot of people probably don't even remember. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things that, like, it's really hyped up in the time, and then it kind of dies off really quick. Well, it's nuts, too. With snowboarding, it seems to be the only competition that matters now, whereas we used to have this whole, you, know, you had your Burton Opens and the Nippon Opens. and Kind of like European the World Opens Tour. And, uh, what, Terrier had the... Arctic Challenge. Yeah, and all that. And it's like, wow, we don't have any of that now. Like I know. Snowboarding's so, changed a lot. Yeah. I'd love to see some more of those, like, core snowboard events come back, but Mm. not really sure. Snowboarding needs a little bit more, um, I don't know, foundation in the tour. I think, Mm. like, the IOC or whatever is, like, not that great for our sport, but it puts it on a global stage, so there's, like, there's definitely pros and cons to it. I feel like the Olympics needed snowboarding more than snowboarding needed the Olympics. Yeah. Like, that's that's how I see it anyway. Yeah. Um, Well, take it a little bit back to snow park again. We've gone on a bit of a tangent. I do that all the time. (laughs) Um, What was your thoughts on the New Zealand snowboarding scene back in that sort of snow park era? My thoughts on the New Zealand snowboard crew or vibe was i loved it i think kiwis are some of the coolest people i've ever met super laid back and really cool um gosh who was i shredding with at the time i guess like steffi luxton possum jake koya uh, abby and will remember competing with abby shelly 
And I just loved it. Everyone was so fun. There's mm. always um, always good vibes mm. and What's funny good parties. Yeah, yeah. Funny you mentioned Steffi because she's doing quite well for herself with snowboarding. I still remember as the grommet that sold me a pair of vans and cheapskates back in the day, you know. Steffi's awesome. Yeah. She's but. always been someone I've admired and just really loved her as a person, as a snowboarder. And mm. yeah, she's killing it. Mm. Been living in Cali for quite some time now. Possumers too. Yeah, I think Over they both in live in, uh, they live in Mammoth. Right. I ran into Steffi yesterday. She's here for a couple months, and yeah, I'm hopefully going to have her on on this in a couple weeks' time. Yes, so, you should for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's an amazing New Zealand snowboard scene, and it's mm. just growing and evolving all the time. Um, more recently, like uh, getting to know Christy Pryor was amazing. She's oh, yeah. probably one of the most steezy snowboarders I know. Style well, goddess, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And Zoe, of course, just mm. absolutely slaying it these last few years. And I'm so inspired by her. Mm. And yeah, New Zealand's right. killing it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Zoe. It's come a long shit. way. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're all so proud of Zoe. Oh, I her. bet. You know, um, we were up at work at Cadrona watching it. I ended up getting so excited I might have thrown the chair down the hallway. Oh! <laughs> Oh, um, it was honestly I probably just, one of the coolest moments in I snowboarding when she landed. I couldn't believe that she rode out of that last hit. I can't believe right. her legs didn't like yeah. snap in half. She was just such um, a boss. That yeah. was like, and, that was amazing. And to see her now, because we were sort of talking about her off mic and like 10 years ago, I mean, someone, oh yeah, she's good. You know, I was like, she's a kid. What do you mean? And now here she is like the best in the world. One, you know, totally, and you know, and still so cool and humble. She's amazing about everything. I think she had those moments, you know, when you're on the podium beside your heroes, she was on the podium beside you, being like, Holy shit! And it's yeah, like, that's pretty that's the cool thing with snowboarding, though, is that as much as it's competitive, with that you can be on the podium with people you look at, and it's Totally. I remember my first memory of Zoe was at the Winter Games, like maybe five-ish years ago. And yeah, she was just a little grom, maybe like 15. Um, And I think she got second or third place. And she was so quiet and so shy and just Mm. such a sweetheart. And her mom was like really excited and I remember came over and like probably embarrassed her but was just like Zoe loves you and you know we like took a photo together she's probably like mom don't do that <laughs> but like even I you you never know who's gonna grow up and just mm. be an absolute insane snowboarder and yeah. that's the cool part of snowboarding there's so much freedom and I think if you have a lot of love for the sport and passion and grit and like a good team around you like anything's possible and she's such a good example of sending it yeah and her and her her peers around here too so like her and jj and carlos and tian and all cool wakashima as well they all they all have this respect of where it came from too and understanding of where we came from as like snowboarders from new zealand as well which i think is pretty cool yeah. Or in a desire to know about it anyway. 
Like Carlos is probably the best example of that. He's such a snowboard nerd. He's my kind of dude. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Carlos is amazing. Mm. Well, while we're talking about New Zealand shredders, we probably can't continue any further without talking about Will and Abby Jackways. Absolutely love them. How did um, they come across your path initially? Um, Well, I used to compete with Abby back in the day, and she was just Steve's queen big back 180s and just and just such a nice such an amazing couple like Mm. talk about power couple i really really love both of them and will i always admired from like his backcountry video parts and he spent a lot of time in you know like whistler and tahoe backcountry and was always just such a boss that Mm. as we got a little older and got to spend more time together it's just been like really nice to grow our friendship and now they're both parents and they're just like such a badass family and with their explore wanica tours and like what they're building with that um i reached out to them a couple years ago to hire will to kind of guide us on a snowboard trip to japan i wanted to ask about that yeah for um the project unconditional i worked on there's kind of no one better I thought of when it came to like having a snowboard I guide. Wanted, I wanted to ask, like, how come Will Jackway's from New Zealand? I mean, we all know the answer, but um, like... I think because I just really admired him, and I knew he spent a lot of time in Japan. So when I told him I was potentially going to go there for a film trip, he offered his like assistance and just kind of helping manage the whole trip. So from like accommodation to van rental to guiding and like helping Mm. build pat downs he was just like such a great asset in our crew it was awesome it was Mm. probably one of my favorite film trips i've ever done and huge shout out to him and abby and explore wanica they're really amazing and that's what i'm gonna work with here for if we get out for a heli day or maybe some snowmobiling, mm. um, Will's definitely our guy. I mean, following him around any mountains of treat, I mean, even just somewhere mellow like Cadrona, and he just finds this pop off nothing. It's, He's amazing. Yeah. That's kind of how it was in Japan. He just had such a great eye, and I was like not – I've filmed, of course, a bit, but I'm still pretty, like um, – beginner in that world and he was so awesome just like helping me believe in myself and building things and like just such a nice human being like i have so much respect for him and abby they're just like a great example of good people and like long-term friends that i really value and appreciate oh cool and did you do a couple days in the heli with him a few years back i can't uh here in new zealand Zealand, i feel like i cannot remember (laughs) honestly i'm trying to think if we did something for like maybe a partner that we had together but i'm not i literally i don't know Mm. i would love to though i've had a handful of concussions and (laughs) my memory is not totally Mm. on point but um Um, yeah they're awesome i want to go back to that japan trip for a second um was that your first time going to Japan not competitively just to ride powder? Or um, I had done a couple trips to Japan where, like, after the Nippon Open, I'd go up to the North Island to Hokkaido and, like, film and ride. Mm. But this was, like, the first kind of proper one 
And I like uh, established a crew and brought like a good media team out. And yeah, so, hadn't gone there in a couple years. Right. And so who was uh, some of the crew? Um, for riders, it was Yuka Fujimori and Jess Kumara. And Will, right. yeah. it was sick. Yeah, Jess is really amazing. We hadn't gotten to do a trip together, and she was always doing so much cool things for women snowboarding. Mm. I wanted to, like, link with her and kind of spread the love. We both ride for Monster, so that aligned good, and she's just someone I really look up to in snowboarding, really creative and a strong shredder. Mm. And it was like, we didn't really know each other that good. So it was a little scary, but it was great to get to know her more. And yeah, yeah she was ripping. She's incredible. Mm. I mean, I've, I've been a big fan of her, like Defenders of Awesome Parts back in the day. And yeah, and then everything she's doing now is like, wow, it's really fucking cool, man. Yeah. So. And Yuka is also just like such an amazing snowboarder, super styly. And being Japanese, I wanted to connect with her and like she was so cool teaching us more about the culture and helping mm. us learn how to make like homemade gyozas and Red. i don't know just certain like some buddhist prayers and just it was a really like it was a beautiful trip i love that country it's and, so and, cool and like even you take the snowboarding out it's a fantastic place to visit 100 percent. you add the snow in there it's like holy shit such a treat yeah. um another person i wanted to bring up I'm going to do this for him right now. Oh. <laughs> Ryan McDermott, that LMP crack was for you, buddy. Yeah, Ryan. Um, like, while we're on the subject of the best people in the world, 100%. he's got to be one of the best people in the world, right? Literally, absolutely love that guy. Mm. And Danny, they're just an amazing team. Mm. So how'd you meet Ryan initially? Um, I met Ryan when I actually went to my first X Games at 13. I was doing border cross, so obviously needed a good wax tech. And my sister introduced me to him. And I remember she just told him something like, this is my little sister, like, please take care of her. And Ryan tells me, I don't totally remember, but he said I cruised into the wax lounge in a leather jacket and sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> at 13 and was just like so nice like really like really thankful he was taking care of my board and I remember I guess I offered him like a salad or any food if he needed any snacks and he said he remembered that like part of me as like a young buck but um yeah I've been working with him ever since and like in those first couple years I didn't really have money or sponsors and he just always looked after me like never charged me a dime kind of like the cool big brother dude isn't it a hundred percent feels yeah. like he's a brother yeah and just like the best energy always so so kind and genuine mm. and just yeah. has been a really good friend and a good like uh support on my team mm. and yeah i've been working with him for gosh over 15 years mm. now so i swear i've learned more about life like having conversations with him over the wax bench working for him a few years back than probably anywhere else he's I, so great his, like his composure and his like vibe and frequency he rolls mm. on he's just yeah he's an amazing human yeah really thankful for him and gotten really close with his wife Danny over the years and I lived with them actually for a little bit in uh Dillon in mm. Summit County I rented their suite for a year and um they're just always 
such good people always mm. open up their home if I'm passing through or almost anything you need help mm. with they're kind of there and yeah Monocera yeah, yeah for life I haven't really had a coach in a lot of my professional career but Ryan was always just like a really good support and I think mm. as like a pro shredder that's kind of what you need more than anything is like a good grounded energy to just kind of remind you you got it and mm. I don't know if he's even aware, but I think a lot of my success over the years, I'd contribute to like his friendship and just being there for me and way more than just waxing my board and getting it like in top notch condition, but just mm. always believing in me and giving me like the best words of wisdom. Mm. Like he was there working for Team Canada in Sochi, but because we had always worked together, they had made like... Uh, they just like accepted that he was going to work with me, even though I was on the so U.S. Team, team. Team Canada had to accept it. Yeah, they had to accept it. That was yeah. like his like policy. <laughs> I think it was me and Danny Davis. He's like, all right, I'll work for you guys, but I've been working with Danny D and Jamie for a long time, so I'm still going to be there for them. And yeah, when I was struggling with all the pressure, like waiting for my last run and just kind of like losing my shit, he was like my rock. I remember he put a, his headphones in my ear and just turned on this like really beautiful song and just reminded me like everything's going to be okay. And I don't know whether I landed or not, like just enjoy the journey and enjoy the ride and mm. just being grateful to be there. It was like, you know, a gift in its own. And that's yeah, awesome to have someone that grounding when shit's going on especially oh, like in you're all all up in your head yeah. and so airy and yeah to have like a good grounded human around is crucial yeah yeah <laughs> shout out ryan i miss you thanks for being like the raddest friend ever too ryan yes straight up from the both of us we need to, we need to get on a trip together pronto <laughs> and ryan by the way you need to come back down to new zealand and sink some lmps and cookie times again like <laughs> This can's not going to drink itself. <laughs> oh, um, the I best. Steer back to sponsorship for a little bit. And uh, can we talk a little bit about the work ethic and responsibilities involved with being a sponsored professional snowboarder? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, learning about sponsorships at a pretty young age, like, I didn't really know how it all worked, but obviously I've learned over the years. Um, Definitely when you have a partner who wants to support you, you have the responsibility to like represent that brand and be a good influence and be mindful of your actions and for sure like how you treat people around you, how you treat yourself, how you represent the brand. And with sponsorship comes like, yeah, lots of responsibilities, um, photo shoots, obligations, marketing, uh, sharing and posting different stuff. But for me, like it kind of came like authentically when I first got sponsored, there wasn't social media, there wasn't like all these new age things that now like play a huge role in marketing and partnerships. But it was like, maybe a photo shoot or like representing the brand or, you know, I got to like help design product and mm. things like that. But yeah, I would say like for any kids wanting to get sponsored, like what I did when I was young was like created a resume with the help of my sisters and 
sent that out and just like got the word out that like I need some help. This sport is really expensive and mm. gear is really pricey, especially when you change sizes every year mm. um, as a Grom. And sometimes just building a relationship with a brand you believe in is like a really great way mm. to plant the seed and start what can be a really like long lasting relationship. Mm. So um, a lot more to it than just getting free shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. and everyone likes free gear, but mm. I think to like keep a relationship uh, healthy and growing, it's much more than that. You know, mm. you want to represent the brand good. You want to like, you want to be equals, and like they, you don't want them to use you, and you don't want to use them. You want to like reach common ground, and it's been really fun to learn about over the years. And mm. I've had some good and some bad experiences, but. I think learning through it as we grow up and evolve and change is really crucial. Mm. I'm really grateful to be working with GNU for over 10 years and I've gotten to... That's an awesome uh, length of time. Yeah, yeah, maybe even more. I know I rode, mm. I rode for GNU for like many years before I did like a proper sponsorship. Um, but yeah, like being a sponsored athlete for more than 10 years and getting to design now like a whole collection of boards has been mm. such a privilege and really that's, so fun to just help be on the development side and so this rad you brought up GNU because I did want to ask how GNU happened yeah I I first was sponsored by Solomon and then had an opportunity to ride for Burton when I was 18 and then they actually like pulled out of it and decided they didn't want to work with me so I was uh, sponsorless for a couple years. And at that time, I was like, it's okay. I'm just going to like try out some other boards and see what I like. And as soon as I got on a Mervin board, a GNU, I really, really loved it. I love that their boards were made in the U.S. And they were made really sustainably from mm. like recycling everything and, and castor bean oil. Like just yeah, every step of the way was really environmentally conscious which yeah, was important to me those the moving crew were like the first factory from what i can tell to embrace that i and think then, so and then just you really see, like, embodying doing that. It now and all that but i think they were the from what i can tell it was moving that led the way on that i think so and, and yeah i really admired that and um getting to work with barrett christie has so been such that? a treat like, oh she's a badass she was one of your heroes growing up right mm -hmm. sort of goes what we were talking about before like Barrett fucking Christie. Barrett Christie. Like, you still pinch yourself. You're like, holy shit. She's amazing. And mm. just seeing how, like, loyal that brand is, you know, she's been sponsored and had pro model boards for two decades. I think mm. she just celebrated her 20th year designing and having, you know, her own collection of multiple boards. Right. And people like Jamie Lynn and, like, they just have a really good foundation I mean, around their brand. That dude is, like, my all-time favorite is <laughs> Jamie Lynn. Like, He's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, but, yeah, I'm so grateful. It's been really fun. We started out with the Ladies' Choice, which is, like, a really fun cruisy board. Or on, like, the mellow spectrum for, like, mm. your beginner rider cruisy. That's a hugely popular board. And that's actually a board I wanted to ask you about. Was that... Was that your brainchild, the lady's choice? Did they... I did ride that board for a long time before I realized I wanted <laughs> to ride camber. 
right. I'm kind of like so easygoing. I just would ride whatever. And I mm. remember one of my old coaches reminded me, it's not about the snowboard. It's about the person on the snowboard. And mm. that kind of, you know, I so I did ride the ladies choice for a long time. Mm. Then when I started dating Tyler, like, Almost 10 years ago, he was like, you need to get on a camber board. Like, you'll have way more pop. You'll have way more Mm. stomp. So it was like around then that I was like, yeah, maybe you're right. So then we developed the pro choice, which is like a more aggressive camber board and um, more for like the advanced rider. Has Mm. more stability and power, like going into big jumps and landing, more pop. Um, But the ladies' choice is a great board for like your everyday like cruiser mm. and more buttery and fun like c2 is great for like my main boards are c2 i can just chill on it mm-hmm. on um how is it though like because for quite a long time especially in new zealand the ladies choice was huge and you couldn't go in here without seeing a bunch i mean we've just seen gina's one out there um is that something where you're riding at a resort and you see a bunch of say ladies choices there you're like holy fuck I had something to do with that or like it's incredible how many <laughs> Jamie boards I see around the world like especially in Canada in Tahoe in New Zealand like honestly everywhere I see people on my signature boards and it always humbles me and just makes me feel so grateful and I always like go over and high five the chicks or they're like excited to see me and take a photo um, but yeah, it's been really cool to see the development of that board and just see mm. like how many girl shredders are loving it. And now we've gotten to develop a third board, the free spirit, which is a free riding board. Set the uh, short fat. Yeah. It's yeah. a short board, longer nose. It's pretty much got designed for Japan, like deep mm. pow. And it's really, really floaty really fun um i i also ride it like in alaska but in a bigger size nice but that board is so fun like just effortless so for pow days. one of those a couple of years ago yeah i yeah. gave abby a free spirit a few years ago and she said she loves it sweet so how uh hands-on are you with the design process of these boards so um i'm really involved in the design process we mm. what we did in the past like when we're developing it is they'll send like maybe five or 10 different boards that are all like a little bit different and I'll do like some test runs. And I even go to the warehouse in Washington. They're based in Squim and just kind of check out a lot of different board designs, um, give them feedback on what I'm looking for and what could help more with like certain jumps and pop and for Mm. powder and such. Um, And then, have a saying like materials and that sort of thing too or yeah like pretty much everything like they're so cool and i think they're them being based in the u.s and like manufacturing in the u.s makes it that much easier to like create boards and work together Mm. um everything they use is like renewable and sustainable and like i just can't say enough good things about mervin Mm. and the whole brand and i think that's why i've connected with them so much over the years is I really respect how they do business and how they create, and I couldn't be more grateful for that mm. partnership. Because it's got to be cool, for, like, say, for you now to see that they still keep, like, Temple Cummins and Jamie Lynn and Barrett Christie on the team 
in their later years that it's like, well, cool, there's still a place. Like it's not totally. Like, you don't feel like you're gonna like hit thirty and get dropped or like yeah. out with the old and with the new. And that's why I really uh, resonated with them and wanted to like work with brands and partners that I feel like I can grow with as I evolve in my snowboarding yeah. career and as I maybe go, you know, from different avenues i don't want to compete my whole life it's been really fun but Mm. i'm really inspired to do more free riding and filmmaking and even get into more urban snowboarding and i feel like they're gonna have my back forever which is sick because they worked with caitlin right she moved away from half pipe to free riding and Mm -hmm. then suddenly they've got the classy board yeah totally so it's cool to see that they care about that I think it's really um, important and they're, yeah. you know, maybe they don't have a really huge team and they don't sign everyone, but I feel like the athletes they choose to support are very like long lasting riders mm. on the program. And I mean, Gnu's got to have one of the best, if not the best girl programs. I think so for them. sure. And I think that's so important to have good women's programs and, give back to the girls and they have a really good youth program and I want to even do more like charity events with them where we bring out young girls who don't always have like the financial assets to get into the sport and Mm. through my charity the Jamie Anderson Foundation I've sponsored a lot of young snowboarders over the years and GNU has always been sending you know 10-15 boards at a time that I can get these young athletes on you know along with union Mm. and oakley and gopro like they've all been very supportive over the years which in my case like growing up in the family i did like it's all about spreading the love you know Mm. everyone needs a little bit of help and i think paying it forward is really important Mm. and something i really value so i was so stoked to meet pete sari maybe 10 12 years ago he's Mm -hmm. out here for a trade show and i would have been 30 and he would have been I i don't know he's but he's a generation above me. Yeah. But he was out skating and surfing. And so I was like, same thing. It's like, oh, fuck, I can still be doing this when I'm 10 years from now. And so yeah, good motivation. Great, you know? um, what's They're the awesome. Jamie Anderson Foundation? Um, the JA Foundation is a charity I started in 2013, um, which is inspired to just give back to the youth. I knew growing up that snowboarding really changed my life for the better and it wouldn't have been possible without family friends like uh, Nikki Warren and even Sierra Tahoe like donating gear and helping us uh, make that dream a reality and I wanted to give back to kids in our community that haven't had the privilege to like try snowboarding uh, boys and girls and so do they approach the foundation um so how it first started was actually leanne pelosi and i just had an idea of like collecting all our hand-me-down gear and just getting it to people and kids in need so we started uh, originally it was called give back with love and we wanted to just collect product and gear from all our pro snowboarder friends and like help get it in the hands of people who actually need it and so we did an event in 2012 maybe um, she collected, gosh, probably over a hundred like jackets and snow pants. And she brought it to Vancouver, like to actually a homeless community and like donated winter coats to people that were living outside wow. on the streets. Well, that's and, very like, noble. That was kind of yeah. her zone up in like BC area. And in Tahoe, I worked with like local kids through, um, 
like the Live Violence Free or like the Women's Center and the middle schools. So we're kind of trying to help kids between like 10 and 13. Um, And then, yeah, as it evolved, I started a nonprofit so I could raise some money to like help get kids to nationals. And uh, pretty much how it worked was we would uh, have like a Jamie Anderson sponsorship. So young kids in the Tahoe area could write an essay of like why they want to win this sponsorship. And then uh, I'd read the essays and pick. It started with like five kids and then 10 and then 15 and 20. And I would get them kitted head to toe in outerwear, boards, bindings, etc. And then my home mountain Sierra would donate season passes. And if they got straight A's through the school system, they had a different program where they could renew their pass every year. So it was kind of like a double incentive to like stay in school, stay focused, get good grades, and then have the privilege to go snowboarding. And a lot of these kids like... You know, they want to be pros or they want to get to nationals. So as the charity grew, now I've been able to, like, I think through the Olympics as well, I got a lot of, like, donations for autographs or signature boards. And I would always have um, corporations or brands I'm like, can you just donate to my charity? And yeah. one donation was, like, over 10 grand for a signed snowboard after the Olympics. And... I used all that money to help pay for kids to get to nationals and yeah, so it's still growing. I don't, I want to do more. I would love to have an annual event like a, gosh, what the hell is it called? Like a, sorry, my brain just kind of have like an annual party or Mm -hmm. like a silent auction cocktail party Mm -hmm. event where we bring in people to just help support the cause and Mm kind of like play Robin Hood want to take from the rich and give to the poor (laughs) but i think that's like such a good way to go there's so Mm. much imbalance on our planet and i know that sports help kids like just with Mm. social skills and i mean gosh it's really sad like the kind of shit kids are going through now with social Mm. media and bullying and i think sports just helps you get out of that zone and especially girls i think sports are really really good for women and young Mm. girls to just develop a lot of great life skills and hopefully find something they really love and get you know it's good for your mind good for your body good Mm. for your spirit um it's kind of gotten quiet the last few years but yeah i'm hoping to do a big event this fall in tahoe and keep the momentum going you can read more about it on my website the jamieandersonsnow.com and you can make donations if you want or just read about some of the stuff we have going Oh, that's cool. There. I, I had no idea you had a foundation. That's unreal. <laughs> Thank you. It's a sleeper, but I wanted to start something. So as I have more time when I get older and out of snowboarding, I can do more to give back to the community. That's so cool. You're doing something, though. And, you know, and it's not everyone is. So, Got to give back. Give back know. with love, nonetheless. Mm. Um, before we move away from competition... I did want to ask, um, if you had to pick one competition result that you were most proud of, what would that be? Oh, gosh. I know that there's a lot to choose from. No, (laughs) um, honestly, probably that halfpipe win at the New Zealand Open back in the day. Mm. It was just like, I was really, really, really proud of myself. And it goes to show how I think we're capable of more than we know. And... 
yeah, that one for me, like I still have that trophy like in my garage, like kind of on display. Sick. And I really love that. Hmm. And as someone that's been competing for quite a while, um, what was the um, motivation behind sticking to competition riding for so long? Um, gosh, I would say a lot of uh, financial gain through competitive snowboarding. And I guess money motivates me a bit growing mm. up. And, like, I don't want to say, like, a poor family but growing up pretty broke and not having like I mean we had everything we needed but like definitely our parents weren't like paying for me to go to like a snowboard school or like Mm. private lessons or anything like that so when I started making money in contests I was like damn this is really dope and as much as I loved like free riding and filming and riding pal Um, I was just making so much money at contests (laughs) for like, you know, a really long time. I was like, I was barely trying and I was pretty far ahead of the pack. Like I remember just landing mellow runs, like a front three back five cab five and like winning by like 10 or 15 points. So it was like kind of easy money. And I did enjoy like the pressure of competing and I love traveling. So it was mm. kind of like had all those things together. Yeah. Um, and then now, like, I think the reason I'm still doing it is because of writers like Zoe and Kokomo and even like Jules Marino, this like younger generation of girls that are like 10 plus years younger that are motivating me to do tricks and things I didn't think honestly was possible when I was younger Mm. I never thought I would do a double cork or definitely not like a front 1080 or cab 10 Mm. and going to x games just not this season but last season I turned 30 and was feeling a little bit like unsure if I was like still in the mix you know everyone's riding so good I didn't know if I still had it but I knew I'm pretty talented and I have good style and good flow and I was just blown away that I, I won slope and big air. I'd never won right. a big air event. And although the pipe and slope event back in like 2008 was really a monumental moment in my career, I would say that year, like turning 30 and have already competed against like many different generations from like mm. Jana Mayan to. Shirsty Buaz to Spencer O'Brien and Any and Anna Gasser mm. to now like Zoe, it kind of came full circle, like being back on top and having some letdowns throughout the mm. years and lots of in- injuries and hardships and coming back and just like handling it. I was so so proud of myself and right. yeah, that was pretty empowering. Because um for being uh, com- competing as long as you have been, you would have been privy to see the women's riding level progress uh, progress massively, right? Gosh, I've seen so much change in women's snowboarding. Probably just, you know, 10 years ago when I was in my early 20s, maybe even younger. I remember Snowboarder Mag released an article and asking all the top men in snowboarding what they thought of women's snowboarding. And it was horrific the things men were saying just tearing women down and making fun of us for not doing big tricks and only getting paid for our looks and like 
the things like J.P. Walker said. And like, literally, I think the only people who said good things about myself and Tora Bright was Danny Cass and Scotty Lego. And like 90% of the men just like tore into women snowboarding. I remember being like a young girl thinking... Like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Why are women, like, so hated on in this industry? And so, it was so bad. Like, I mean, women have already kind of gone through a lot in, like, generational abuse. Like, my mom wasn't even allowed to do sports when she was young. And she was Mm. so incredibly talented and athletic. And, you know, my grandpa didn't believe in her. And now, like, flash forward one generation, like... I've been able to pursue sports since a young age, and I think that's why my mom had so much, like, respect for us young, you know, she had six girls, and she gave us, like, full range of doing sports and supporting us, and and it, it's changed a lot, like, now seeing what, article. oh, it was gnarly, like, like fucking Pat um, Bridges, He's been really good lately, but back in the day, some of the things like the snowboard industry did was really, really bad. Like, I would love to find that article and bring it up and be like, what kind of, I I don't know who would do that. Like, it's pretty hurtful. She was, I mean, she's still this an incredible snowboarder, but. And like, Tora and I were pretty much like the good of it, but like, there was just a lot of hate. And there's a lot of, like, women don't deserve to get paid as much. When I started competing, we didn't get paid equal. We're still not really equal. And, like, oh, there's not as many girls in the competition. Oh, the girls aren't doing as big of tricks. Oh, men are better. Like, And I truly thought that. I was like, maybe girls don't deserve to get paid equal. Did this sort of fuel the fire, though, to, like, fuck you guys. I'm going to prove you wrong. As I got older and, like, realized that that was fucked up, but when I was younger, like, I was kind of conditioned. I didn't really think girls were worth it. I didn't think we deserved to get paid equal because I'm not doing as big of a trick as the men. And then I kind of realized that's bullshit and, like, we're just... It's like comparing apples and oranges. Like, we're yeah. still competing against the best in our field. We're women. Like, we're <laughs> nurturers. The, the same jumps on the same course that's the same size. Yeah, but maybe Does, we're only doing a 720 when the boys were doing, but, like, a 1080. And now you know, things are way different. And even as I perceive it, I've learned so much over the years. And, like, now I realize, like, we are equal. And that's so terrible to have even thought that way you know like Mm. I didn't know I was just young and naive and I kind of was like you're right like we're not good enough or we shouldn't get paid as much and like it's changed but still you know there's been events recently like the locks open it was like one of the highest paying events and it was 75,000 for men first place and 45,000 for women and I didn't really complain because I'm like, oh, you know, 45000 is still a lot. But Tora Bright was like, fuck that. Why are the men getting paid seventy five and the women 45 Like, it should be 50-50. Or mm. if, like, you need to budget the money, like, maybe bring it both down to, like, 60000 each. Mm. And And, you know, like, this is only maybe five years ago. So, like, there's Jeez. still... So still uh, some work to you do know, with even, the industry then. Yeah, this even yeah. happened at an Aaron Style event in China. They kind of like tried to keep it quiet, but the event organizers were like, yeah, the girls are getting paid like, 
you know, half as much. And we all were like, fuck that. Like, no. This is when, like, I was doing double corks and 1080s and all the girls were. Like, we had really progressed a lot. And I don't know. But it's so, so cool to see how far women snowboarding has come Mm. and to see now that women are doing runs that... You know, like Travis Rice and Nicholas Mueller mm. and such, like, weren't even doing back in the day. You yeah. know, they were, like, winning big air events with, like, a 900 and maybe a mm. 1080. And now to see, like, Anna Gasser win the Olympics with a cab 12. And That's right, yeah. I don't know. Girls are doing triple corks now. I like, mean, my bias is always going to be with Sally on the Olympics. I've just... Uh, I loved her style so much. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And if she landed her back 12, she would have won. Yeah. But... um damn um, yeah no doubt <laughs> style goes a long way and spe- but just cool to see how far women have come like That's, it makes me almost emotional because i didn't even think that was possible and yeah. then once you see like one girl do it it really empowers you and like makes you believe that so yeah we was, are capable who was the first girl that started doing like doubles and stuff was that anna Gasser? I think Anna Gasser was definitely, like, leading the pack. I don't Mm. know if she was the first one to do a double cork, but she's definitely been the first woman to do a lot of new tricks. when she came along, it was sort of like a bit of a wake-up call to her peers, or, like... Um, I remember Anna, like, I remember her before she started doing so well, and she was, you know, so quiet and shy and, like, such a beautiful girl, and then, boom, it was like she tapped into some power... And just worked her ass off and got so good. Mm. And maybe she was the first one to do a cab double cork. It might have been like, I, I remember it was like Amy Fuller, maybe with a double backflip, Anna Gasser, mm. and Katie. Oh my gosh, Aminard. And those were kind of like the first girls to do it. And I was actually really delayed. I'm like a slow progressor i don't really like airbags or trampoline so i kind of have learned all my tricks um like naturally through kind progression kind of like on snow did or maybe <laughs> yeah. into like a pow jump yeah um but you know all these new training facilities have like really helped i know anna gasser trains a lot on airbags but she's been able to do like triple corks and yeah. 1200s and like really progress her snowboarding which is I mean, it's, amazing it's nuts to see just snowboarding in general where it's come from so i remember when i was 15 watching the garden the vulcan video and jamie lynn does like this cab nine i remember turning around to my brother and being, that's the most you can ever spin there's no way you can spin more than that and like holy shit it's come, it's come <laughs> a long way yeah man when i first learned a seven i was like this is the hardest trick ever and mm. I mean, a 10's not a lot more, but I really didn't think a 10 was possible. And now I, like, sometimes think about 12s. haven't done one yet, but seeing other women do it definitely lights that fire of, like, believing in yourself. Yeah. Like, oh, another 360 on top of that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But shout out to the girls. Women are amazing and... Hopefully, we'll just be There's more and more so many of them out respected. there now too, killing it. But, it's so cool to um, see. That Australian girl, Tess. Tess Cody. She's Holy amazing. Shit. It's red too. So eh? proud of Tess this yeah. last year. She like, you know, and that was kind of like my learning experience from this last Olympics. Like knowing I was capable of like, you know, possibly winning again if I landed my best run. It 
would have been pretty tough with Zoe. But um, yeah, it was like pretty hard for me to not land any runs in the final. I kind of just fucked up everything. And mm. I was, of course, really upset in myself. But seeing Zoe land that amazing mm. run and seeing my teammate Julia Marino like lace a run and Tess Cody, I just had like so much appreciation for where snowboarding is at and I was mm. so proud of the girls it like instantly dissipated any like sadness I had mm. and any like uh, frustration or like fuck poor me like what's wrong but I don't and, think that'd be where they are if it wasn't for your generation and writers like yourself and Tora maybe you know, in like, some ways I like I'm definitely proud of myself and very competitive it definitely didn't like dissipate right away but I remember when I fell on my last run and just kind of realized it was over I you know I try to quickly get out of my head and like of course be disappointed but not carry it on for too long and seeing like Tess land such a good run and get on the podium and like Jules was in first place and like she hadn't landed a run in a long time like I was just genuinely from the bottom of my heart like so happy for the girls that mm. it was like it's good to be a good sport even mm. if like you're used to winning a lot or like being mm. your own best version of yourself it's good to get out of your own and ego and just be proud of everyone around you no i sort of think you know just nailed like that whole dare i say olympic spirit was really with the girls slope style especially that was the one that i watched it was so um, great. Like, see Zoe land that run and then just get nailed by her peers. And they're all... And... Because I remember my nana was... Um, she doesn't really follow snowboarding. She's like, I don't get why they're hugging each other. It's like, that's because they all know they've just seen something fantastic happen. It and, was so and cool. And furthermore, isn't that supposed to be the spirit of the Olympics? It was, like, it, yeah, and, like, you don't see that in other sports. That you, was, like, such a it. beautiful moment in but, Olympics and in snowboarding was just, like, you know, and you're not supposed to do that. Like, we all had to push through the security guards because they're, like, no, 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 like, holding us back. And we're, like, get really? the fuck out of the way. And we all just, like, piled. Like, usually they just have the top three mm. at the bottom because they want to, like, get your reaction of yeah. how you feel and, like, when that happened, there's just so much genuine excitement that everyone just charged and, like, jumped on Zoe and, like, just the group hug of, like, real... Because you didn't see that in the guys snowboarding, that's for damn sure. <laughs> Fuck. You know? That like, was contrast. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it was... I don't know. I thought it was way cooler. It was you know? really cool. And, I think it embodied the true spirit of, like, snowboarding and... Yeah. Yeah. It's good to be proud of each other and, yeah. like, let the let the stoke spread you know and yeah. so i think what we all live for it's mm. not just about winning but it's about supporting your friends and they do good and just being happy for one another and like lifting each other up mm. and yeah i was really really happy to be a part of that moment oh, in snowboarding cool. um we sort of touched on this before but um keen to get your thoughts on the state of snowboarding today state of snowboarding today Whew. I mean, no, I mean, that's fucking hard to keep track on. No, no, it's insane. It's, um, it's really, really progressive. Um, I'm actually blown away with the talent on the men's competitive side. Like it's almost too much Mm. to handle. Like I can barely comprehend the type of tricks they're doing. 
Yeah. Uh, they've definitely like defined like what humans are capable of. I mean, some of those spins I need a calculator to figure out how it many 180s. It makes are me a like, little dizzy to watch, yeah. but holy shit, they're incredible! Like mm-hmm. I can't really believe it. I think it's maxed out, but you know, I kind of thought that when guys started doing 1440s, mm. and now it's like. I don't even know if it's 2100s or beyond, but I would say the current state of snowboarding is a little out of control, but it's amazing. Mm. Um, I would love to see it kind of come back down and maybe hopefully the events can create more courses that embody like style and creativity um, because Mm. I think the tricks are getting like just too much. And like a lot of the competitors will tell you that it's Mm. fucking not that fun and easy to do. So those, so many spins and rotations, big tricks that we're talking about, they just come out when it's competition time, right? No, I mean, these guys are training them. They're like doing them on an average day. It just doesn't seem like something you just be casually cruising with your mates. Be like, I'm going to throw this, you know, like it's, (laughs) It is. (laughs) It's gotten crazy. Mm -hmm. I think the Olympics has brought a lot of good, but a lot of bad to the sport. But it is what it is. I think Mm -hmm. everyone has like the choice of like what they want to do. And I think competitive snowboarding is not as much respected as it used to be. Um, It's turned pretty like jock like, but it kind of has to be with like the level that they're at kind of an antithesis when you think about the grenade days you know definitely as you know (laughs) yeah yeah, like used to just everything used to be a lot different Mm. but that's life things change and evolve and people like they're real freaking athletes not saying Mm. snowboarders used to not be but there's definitely a lot more like um relaxed vibes but i would say Hopefully the best is yet to come. I Mm. think things are going to mellow out because I don't think it can keep going at this level. It's just too crazy. Even like, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that they enjoy watching the women's like slope style events more because Mm. it's relatable and, Mm. and it's like fun to see. Whereas sometimes like the men's events, like it's a lot going on. It's really, right. really, really challenging and I, like not relatable. I don't enjoy watching men's competitive. I, the yeah. only the only reason I watched men's competitive Olympic snowboarding was because Tian Collins was in there. Yeah, he's you know? amazing. Whereas I enjoyed fucking Tess and Zoe and yeah, you know, for sure, it was just way cooler. It's fun. It, women's snowboarding is in a really mm. cool spot. Yeah, oh, I have to thank you as well. For me and a couple of my friends for the backside rodeo coming back into competition. Oh, thank you. We got so nostalgic. I wish. I, oh, I was so hyped. I like yeah. the rodeos. Scary, oh. but a good one. So thank you from me and my friends. <laughs> of course. Cool, yeah. So hyped. I want to get the rodeo nine, but pretty much broke my tailbone trying. So it's kind of a tough one. I think I'll come back to it at some point. Mm. But, um. Cool. Yeah, crazy with the state of it. But, you know, it is what it is. I think it may become, like, um, more so up to, like, the event creators to, like, design courses that force riders to bring it back a little bit mm. and hopefully embody more style and creativity. Because mm. I think that, you know, it just gets a lot. Like, these guys are still insanely styly when they're doing the tricks they're doing. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I would like to see it. 
Mm. Yeah, I'd like to see the courses change a bit. Mm. And I think that is where the future is. More events like Peace Park and, I don't know, creative runs like Top to Bottom, Natural Selection. Like, there is cool how was, direction How was that. your experience with that? Oh, sorry, I forgot I think that, that event is amazing. I mm. am so thankful for Travis and the whole team of, like, bringing that to mm. life. Um, my experience was, like, obviously going too big and... <laughs> falling a lot but just having the privilege to compete in that event and ride amongst like some of like the most iconic riders was a treat intimidating mm. as all hell but really really fun and yeah i hope to see it's, more events like that in the future me interested in watching competitive snowboarding again and it's been a long time since i've really watched it you know and i think a lot of people yeah. felt that way yeah it was refreshing to see something new mm. is that something that you'd be interested in doing again as the natural selection yeah i would love to i um i only got to compete in that one event so i would love to have another opportunity mm. to qualify and, and was make that the, the tour. natural selection just being uh, it was the first one oh, the first so last one. year oh. if you don't make the top half of the field they like recycle the rider so oh. i didn't make the top half and then um yeah it kind of interfered with the olympics which i was not a hundred percent sure if I wanted to go to the Olympics, but I did decide to, and yeah, so I wasn't able to make it to that event. But yeah, maybe in the future, I'd love oh, to be sweet. back in the Natty Select. Oh, cool. Well, we're fairly close to wrapping this one up then. Oh, um, thanks so much. <laughs> Before we wrap this up, Jamie, do you have any advice for aspiring shredders? Oh, I would say my advice to young shredders is to really just enjoy it you know don't put too much pressure on yourself try to really fall in love with what it is you like and not try to you know prove anything to anyone it's such an individual sport and experience and i would say just have fun and enjoy the ride see where it takes you and what was the best advice you've ever received best advice i ever received probably from my sister joan Reminded me that snowboarding is 90% mental. Anyone can do it, but not anyone can believe in themselves and to like stay strong in your heart and in your spirit. Sweet. Oh, and do you have any thank yous and shout outs? Oh, well, thank you for having me on. Thanks for coming on. Of course. And yeah, I would definitely love to thank my family. For all the support over the years and all my sponsors for making this dream a reality. Really cool. have a lot of gratitude for this life I'm living. Cool. Oh, well, that's us just about wrapped up there, Jamie. Um, we'll roll into our stock enders now. Favorite rider? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. There's so many. Danny Davis. Uh, favorite mountain? Uh, Sierra at Tahoe. Sweet. Favorite board? GNU Pro Choice. Ooh, favorite video part? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. That's a tough one. I'm going to say from back in the day, uh, follow me around the whole the whole film. Great. Favorite gig? Favorite gig? Mm. What's that? Like a band? Like a music gig. Or- oh, favorite gig. Um... Drake and Oslo. Favorite city? Um, Vancouver. Rad. Favorite trick? Uh, 
front three. Favorite board graphic? Uh, oh, I would say all the GNU, like all my signature boards. I love the artist. Mm. Shout out to Sarah King. She's an amazing artist. You've had quite a few artists work on. She's actually been the primary artist for all the boards, and I love her work. Um, I really love the mandala board we did a couple years ago that's, like, multi-colorful. Lots of watercolors and just, like, has a really good vibe to it. I'll try to send you a copy of it. Cool, because I swear one year you had Jamie Lynn do your graphic. Yep, Jamie Lynn actually collaborated on a graphic. It was sick. I know he was like LibTech mm. primarily, but I wanted to work with him because he's an icon and I love his snowboarding and his art. Mm. So yeah, one of my very first designs, he collaborated and we did right. like a really beautiful board. Again, that's going to be one of those punch yourself moments. You're like, well, the, it was the insane working on my shit. That <laughs> board I definitely have like on my wall at so, home just have on you display. Ever written with some and stuff? Yeah, for sure. More at Baldface. He's like always hiding out at Baldface. Oh, we haven't really gotten to go on any trips or like spent too much time together. But um, but you've seen those methods in real life. Oh, he's incredible. Holy shit! I want to get out actually with him more. Rad. Uh, who has the best method? Oh, best method. I mean, gosh, thinking of Jamie Lynn, kind of the icon. Um, yeah <laughs> there's a lot of definitely people. not me my method sucks <laughs> yeah i'll say jamie lynn cool. and the final bonus question what's the key to a good method oh gosh ask Haley langland she's got a banger method for the ladies um looks like looks like something i don't have i'm still working on my method i'll have to get back to you on that one sweet is awesome cool Thanks so much. Thank you so much for your time, Jamie, and enjoy the rest of your time down here in New Zealand. Thank you.